to it. We'll just be like, this is two girls at a TARDIS, and then just crickets. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, I mean, I started recording, so. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> crickets. <laughs> oh, God. That's where we are today. Yeah. It's where we are today. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Brittany. And this is Two, two Girls and a TARDIS. Do you want to say the name of the episode? Yes. The we, um, are, this is episode three for us. And we are talking about the Doctor Who episode entitled The Unquiet Dead. Also season one, episode three. Yes. So easy way to follow along. Yeah. Um, and I just did some like, like bullshit things like the, it was written by Mark Gaddis, directed by Euros Lynn. Just... Because I feel like there's a lot of different writers you, and directors. You and can and all of it. get the vibe in certain episodes based on certain writers. Yeah, and you can also track it when like the showrunner starts to get more involved. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Like right now, it's the showrunner is Russell T Davies in season one. Yeah. But you can also start to see when Stephen Moffat Takes comes over. in okay. and then he starts to become like, he's writing more and more of the episodes yeah. and then he ends up being the showrunner. Do they, so do they do some back and forth or it's like, there's a point where it like, it's a takeover and a changeover. I have no idea how that I don't works. know either, but I have noticed, yeah, there's a lot of different writers and yeah. directors, which is fun. And a lot of shows do that. Yeah. Cause who's, not going to want to write for Dr. Who. Yeah. And it's still generally, I mean, as far as I understand, obviously I'm not like in show business, but well, <laughs> we're in the audio business. <laughs> well, but like from what I've seen, it's, you know, there's a group of people that are involved in probably every episode or whatever, but one will take the lead, you know, directing this time or lead writer on this one or whatever. And that's who like gets the credit. Yeah. Um, but I could be totally completely wrong in that. So if anyone has, you know, a correction on that. Feel free. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. Um, so, Brittany, yeah. take us over a brief summary of what happens in this episode. Yes. I love episode summaries. Oh, um, so, this episode starts, which is so great, and the Doctor and Rose show up in this alleyway in the TARDIS in 1860, and they're laughing their heads off hysterically. Um, and saying that it's Christmas, but the funny thing is that this is actually not a Christmas special, which we see between each season, which threw me off when I first started watching Doctor Who, because I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was supposed to be a new Doctor, and, like, the Christmas episodes yeah. threw me off at first, but yeah. now they're, like, the greatest, um, once I understood what the hell was going on. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they set it up as a Christmas episode, but it's not, but they're both just, like, laughing hysterically. Um... And Rose, you know, so they, they show up, they're doing their thing. And as far as I remember, it's like, this is, I think this is the first like TARDIS led adventure for the two of them. Right. Cause the first one, they go the to doctor the shows the up and they're yeah. not, they don't like really start the adventure together. It's like they're meeting. Yeah. And then the second one, they kind of choose together. Yeah. You know, doc, the doctor kind of challenges Rose yeah. to like go further and they sort of choose it. They but meant to is... be Naples in 1860 oh, and you're they right. end up landing right. in <laughs> Cardiff in 1869. <laughs> yeah. that. So, yeah, but this is the first, from what I understand, this is the first time the TARDIS is like choosing their adventure as yeah. she, I'm going to say, because it's when she becomes embodied, she is a she. Um, 
because she, you know, chose for them to be here and they don't always necessarily know why. Um, so Rose walks outside and they kind of get a better grasp on where they're at. Um, and it's so funny. The doctor says, you'll start a riot dress like that and go on Barbarella. There's a wardrobe, <laughs> which I loved that too, because it sort of hints at the fact that the TARDIS is more than what we just always see, which is sort of like the central, you know, um, control panel room, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, what do you call that in Star Trek? The, the captain's deck. What is it called? The flight deck? Their flight deck? Yeah. The bridge? The bridge, the bridge. yeah. <laughs> it's basically the bridge. Um, but yeah, it sort of hints that there's, like, more there, you know? Like, oh, like, the Doctor would have this whole wardrobe of all, like, possible historic attire that may mm-hmm. need to be used. Um, and I love that. So he makes her go change into something more palatable for the, the local folk. <laughs> the 19th century? yeah. Which is funny because there's an episode later on when Martha is the companion. And I think, like you said, I think it's the Shakespeare episode. And she just goes out. Like, there's no, the doctor doesn't say anything about her outfit or anything. And she just goes very modern, like, throughout the whole thing. And nobody really seems to care that much. So it's funny that, like, in this one, they have Rose get dressed up to fit with the times. And then, but they don't always do that. Yeah. But they do sometimes, too, with, like, Donna Noble. And so it's like, who knows? Anybody's guess. Um, but overall, we come into... So, you know, we're in Cardiff in 1869, then? Is that yeah. what you were saying? Okay. Um, and something is afoot, as Mysteries. <laughs> of course it will be. Yeah. And this one's great, because it's like a historic episode. So me and Katie mentioned that if the Doctor came in the TARDIS for either of us at any point, that we would do our historic adventure together. And then... Probably, maybe probably go pick up our partners and have them join us on the TARDIS after we do our historic adventure together. Yes. Dressed probably like Rose is in this episode because it's fantastic. Absolutely. (laughs) Would I go straight to Christmas? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You would? Yes, because I fucking love Christmas. I'm on board. Because I love anything and everything around Christmas. The holidays yeah. and the smells and the food. That's fair. And the cold. And they and the... do, I mean, they do it up Christmas in England. Like, yeah, they do it up. <laughs> mincemeat pies. Yeah. And, uh, whatever the fuck delicious baked goods yeah. that come out of that country. I'm a fan oh, of. That gets my, my like, imagination train rolling. Like, thinking of, like... In uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Jack Skellington walks into the forest, and you have all the like holiday doors to yes. go through. Because I would go to Halloween anywhere. I'd love Dude, to go to like fuck yeah. ancient pagan culture Halloween, <sighs> like All Hallows, like celebrated by any ancient pagan all of culture. Them. Yeah. So man, that sounds fun. We could do a whole episode about where would you go? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> True. I'd end up. I'd want to do all of them because yeah. I think holidays all of them. are really fun yeah just the idea of like walking into a place and you have all these doors to choose from and they're all gonna be fantastic in their own way i love that yeah it's just collecting the holidays Mm -hmm. that's great (laughs) um anyway so so... they run into uh well charles dickens and a dead woman yes yeah basically hell yeah and so we we learn that the um basically through through the lens of a mortician and and his assistant that the dead have been rising um the dead have been wakeful 
however he says it, and uh, they don't know why the dead are coming back to life um, at this at this mortuary. And so, and the, and Charles Dickens is part of this narrative, which is great because we'll get we'll get to meet so many like wonderful historic figures and you know um, influential artists and all of these people throughout the Doctor's travels. And this is kind of the start of seeing real life historic figures, you know, met by the Doctor, which is so great. It's always so fun when those episodes <laughs> pop up. Um, they're always some of the best ones. And so, yeah, I mean. Well, let's not do too many spoilers. Oh but... yeah. Well, we all know that. Oh yeah. We didn't give a we didn't give a disclaimer about it this time. <laughs> we're still we're still workshopping our intro. Yes. Uh but heads up in case you started listening and you didn't listen to the other episode and or the other one that we've two that we've put out. Mm-hmm. Um we spoil things. <laughs> and we say whatever we want. So if you haven't watched the episode and you really, really want to, please put us on pause. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. Yeah. And then come back. We didn't get too far yet. Too spoily. Yeah. Um, but yes, and there will be profanity probably at some point because that's just how I think I already I said speak. the F word. Yeah, probably. So sorry about the late warning on that one. In but case I didn't. Here we are. Fuck. <laughs> I said it now. And there it is. Just get it out there. Uh, So, yeah. um, So, so far, what is, like, of interest that we know about what's going on in this episode so far? This is still, obviously, early on. It's a bit of a mystery. Mm -hmm. Well, the main lady, I mean, it starts off with a death, pretty par for the course. Sure. (laughs) That deceased grandmother chokes and then snaps her grandson's neck it's... and it's like sorry dude deceased grandmother returned to yeah i yeah. mean it's not or her she's being her a, body. she's a meat suit yeah <laughs> she's a vehicle exactly um and and then the alien accesses her memories to get it to move because so she strangles her grandson. Mm-hmm. Wrong place, wrong time. But kind of a poopy way to go. Yeah. And then she That'll gets up and walks out, you know? And when Gwyneth looks and uses her sight to find her, she says, oh, she's going to see him because she was so excited. So, like, the alien inhabits her. Mm-hmm. Because gas to gas. Cool. But we don't know. And then she gets up and walks away. But, like, is is the body basically on autopilot, so it's going to go to the last thing she was anticipating going to? I.e. Charles Dickens reading? Yeah. Or does it, like, access something and then just go wherever? Because if I was a non-corporeal being who then inhabits a body... I would like to take it out for a joyride sure. anywhere myself. So, like, I get that. Maybe she knew, I mean, seemingly, I don't know how big Cardiff is at this point in 1869, but um, seemingly a lot of the people that live in the town were in this, well, were at this gathering at that time. So Charles maybe it's, Dickens like, the was most access like to... super fucking popular yeah. when he was doing this. It was his... This was a real thing. He was doing, like, farewell to her, essentially. He was in oh. ill health, and he was... More on oh, the retiring the end. Time. 
Because they say at the end, he knew like, he was that he dies sick. a year later or whatever. Yeah, he knew okay. he was sick. I didn't know that. Um, but he was doing this farewell tour as kind of like a, I'm going to retire from doing these public readings and oh. stuff like that so much. Well, he does make some other kind of like morbid comments. Like he talks about being an old man and wondering if he's just like, you know, out of new creativity or something. Oh, he yeah. says, perhaps I've thought everything I'll ever think. Yeah. Which is so funny for like, or I don't know, just kind of amazing for a great poetic artist to accept that eventually creativity can run out. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays people don't always accept that. Like there's a lot of like redos and, and you and know, it's, it's like, yeah. there's so much art and creativity out there. It's yeah. hard to like find a purely like new creative thought. And I don't think people always want to accept that, but he was just like, Maybe I'm done. Maybe. Maybe I'm done. Yeah. But in in the real world, he was in ill health. And some of the farewell tours had to be... Actually, the the tour was partially canceled because he, like, collapsed. And doctors were like, you can't keep doing this. Shit. So he wasn't... Like, he knew, I'm not... Maybe don't have This is not my best of times. Yeah. This is perhaps... My worst of times. Yeah. To oh. quote Charles Dickens Proud himself. Of you. <laughs> Pretty sure that was Charles Dickens, right? Was that in A Tale of Two Cities? A Tale of Two Cities, yeah. 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 That's like I how love, it opens up. Yeah. I yeah. love Charles Dickens. I yeah. think he was a phenomenal author. Sure. I mean, there's a reason, you know, he's so popular in his stories to ground. And he even asks, like, at the end, as so many of the, like, historical figures that the doctor comes upon, like, they ask if things last, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting... I love the Van Gogh episode. I can't wait till we get there, but... <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a two-parter. We might have to. It's just we're, so, It's going to be... It's just so great. We're going to have to... We're going to have to... But it does the same thing, like, and, you know, Charles Dickens asks the doctor, like, do my books last? And mm-hmm. he says, oh, yes, forever. Mm-hmm. Like, so does Agatha Christie. Yeah. Isn't that such a human question? Oh, and Shakespeare. Like yep. they all do, and how could you not? Because you're putting something out there that you know, or you hope is great. And Agatha Christie doesn't know that her stuff's great, though. And neither does Van Gogh. In fact, no. that is so horribly, sadly common that that happens, that people, like, get this posthumous fame, and they never know in their lifetime that this beautiful thing that they created yeah. is going to last and and inspire people for generations. But but if, we, if I'm a time traveler, I would absolutely ask... About of course, like, does anything I do is it good? <laughs> is it because does this, our podcast last is, forever? Is this <laughs> worth anything? Obviously, knowing like this is reality, and the answer is like probably not. Well, now everything's it's just so flooded with everybody's doing something to try to put out there, right? Yeah. So it's it's there's a lot more competition these days. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get two whole listeners, and at that That'd point, be great. We talked about ten. That's and we a are, win. Like, ten would be super great. That's a win. That is a win. And <laughs> let's let me be clear: ten strangers, like not ten that strangers. are not our friends and family. Yes. Because my <laughs> sister they will support us regardless. My sister saying. Of course, I'm going to follow you on Spotify and Thank you. download your episode. I love you, yeah. but, Emily, you don't count. Like, Sorry, Emily. <laughs> you're you not... do, and we appreciate it, but we need those ten strangers yes. to, <laughs> to validate us. Isn't that so true? Ah, yes. <laughs> we well, need ten strangers to validate us. <laughs> welcome to the 21st century. Great. Um... <laughs> So, but yeah, mm. Charles Dickens. Yes. And then he 
is doing the reading of not just any reading. Oh, the best. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> One of the greatest novels. Probably the most. I mean, it's iconic. Most well known. Well, it's, I don't even say he's got so many. I shouldn't say that, yeah. but yeah. It's really good. Also, yeah. the entire feel of the episode is like gothic Christmas, which I'm here for, but it's sure. also the feel of a Christmas carol. Yes. And oh, Charles yeah. Dickens is mirroring Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Where he starts off like, you kids get off my lawn. Yeah, he's a little curmudgeonly. Yeah. And a little, and very disbelieving. Mm-hmm. And, and then he ends with, uh, God bless, God bless us, us everyone. everyone. He says it. Him. Which is so funny, because the way that he says it is as if he's just thinking it for the first time. But obviously, I mean... Yeah, he's it's already written it. He's yeah. already written it. Yeah, but it's so appropriate. It is very like following mm-hmm. the Christmas Carol, so which I didn't think of. That's great. Having the same like pacing and, and story yeah. arcs. So I think I wrote down um, all the ghosts of one of my a lot of things. One of my notes. Yeah, when I when that hit me when I was watching the episode, I was like. So I wonder if they're sitting around in the writer's room and someone just says, but what if the ghosts in A Christmas Carol <laughs> were aliens? But what if? And no, they no, went, man, but what if? you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> and, then that, and then that was it. Yeah. Now, I did in some of my digging and research. Um, Mark Gaddis is a huge Charles Dickens fan. Okay. So he always, sure. that would be really cool to incorporate. Yeah. Um, and they did it very early on. Yeah, so that's, but it didn't, it didn't even come out around Christmas. It came out in April. The episode? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. Well, and I, because they do the Christmas episode, so you can't like. But they didn't do that Christmas episode in this season. Do they do one with Eccleston at the end? No. They don't. He just, I think that's why it confused me too, because Tenet was the first one that had one, and I was like. What the hell is this? Like like, transition And I don't know in Classic Who if they ever did. I don't Christmas know episodes Probably. or how they incorporated it. Like but the Brits at least love their Christmas. In New Who. I mean that in the best way. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Um, and they I just remember well. in New Who, they start the, when the Doctor regenerates, it's either on the Christmas episode or it's right, right before and then the Christmas episode is like a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, oh, interesting. But it's not, so no, this season they don't do a Christmas episode. Well, it came this. Out in April, yeah. But, if it had come out during the holidays, it'd be like, okay, this is Eccleston's exactly. Christmas episode they until did the they premiere. started doing the, like, set thing, but it yeah. came out in April. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So that was a fun. I don't know. Little tidbit. That is a, that is a good tidbit. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a mysterious mm-hmm. tidbit. So then the, Charles Dickens is reading the Christmas Carol, like the best one of the best fucking parts when he describes the door knocker that is changing into Marley's face. It's especially the best in Muppet Christmas Carol. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, the greatest. That crazy, like. The absolute so good. pinnacle, top yeah. tier, elite <laughs> remake of A Christmas Carol is Muppet is Christmas Muppet. Carol. It's great. And I'll fight anybody yeah, who disagrees. Dude. No, I, I, yeah, I'm on We're board. Marley and Marley. <laughs> yes, it's Whoa. so good. And the old, the 
old curmudgeons that are just always screaming at the theater anyway. It's the mm-hmm. best. Like, they set up to be so perfect. Yeah. And yep. then she, well, then she starts screaming. Michael Caine. And Michael Caine. That's great. Like He's such a good Scrooge. It's perfect, yeah. Kermit. Think, oh, Kermit's so cute. Kermit the Frog riding a bicycle. And I know that's not in the Muppet Christmas Carol, but no, just him riding it, a bicycle, that's pure joy. Just the image of that with his Kermit the Frog legs. on a bike? Have you ever seen it? I have. Yeah. <laughs> Which best. Muppet movie is that in? I think it's, uh, it's like... One of the Did, just, like, regular-ass ones. It's not, like... Oh, is it The Muppet Movie? I think it's, yeah, like, The, the movie. first, Yeah. The first one? I'm pretty sure. And he's it's just, not Muppets Take Manhattan. little... No, and it's, obviously, it's not, like, Treasure Island. No. But... It's not Muppets from Space. No, I think it's, like, the classic Muppet movie. Muppet movie. And you just... He goes by on a bike, and, like, that's my happy place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his little... His little knees all knob. Oh, my god. A gosh. new thing it's we have to be obsessed so with. Yeah. We both love Muppets. We might have to just find that video and put it on our Instagram so that those who have not experienced that joy, even though it has nothing to do with Doctor Who... Will experience can the experience pure joy. It because it's so good. It's just so good. <laughs> now I want crossover. Now I want Muppet Doctor Who. Dude. That'd be amazing. Maybe one day. The Muppets have done a lot of cool crossovers and met a lot of, like, big stars. Yeah. So... Please. Yeah, maybe. Please, powers it be. That'd be cool. <laughs> Muppet Who. Muppet Who. Can it just be an episode of Doctor Who, but it's the Muppets? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what, Kermit that's as do the it. Doctor? I mean, they meet a lot of famous people. Why not Kermit uh, the Frog? <laughs> he's oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. So, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> Charles Dickens. She screams... The Doctor and Rose follow the screaming, because of course they do. Um, and then, the, well, they get separated, which is like a classic foible in Way a plot. To, yeah, create a little tension. Create some tension and drama. Yeah. And I loved how... The doctor fangirls the fuck out over Charles Dickens. He, <laughs> and he flatters him too. Yes. Yeah. Like Charles Dickens almost kicks him out. Like when he steals his coach. Yeah, he's gonna kick him out. <laughs> That's the best part. He steals his coach, and then Dickens is like, "You're stealing my coach," and the doctor's like, "Well, just fucking get in." Yeah. And that's just more like example of people just trusting him for no reason. Yep. And then he, yeah, he fangirls him, fanboys him, whatever. And then he's like, "Oh, you can stay." Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my god, I love it. Okay, oh my god, friends. this. Oh my yeah. god, that. But let's be real. I do the same thing. Sure. I met Charles Dickens too. Yeah, sure. Especially meeting him, like, well, yeah, I guess in that setting, you know, where he's mm-hmm. like, does it last? Like, doesn't know. Because obviously there's never a point where you would meet him where he does know. Yeah. But yeah, that would be super cool. And then Rose gets knocked the fuck out and tossed. In a hearse with yeah. a dead body. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then taking back to that poor Rose. Poor, poor Rose. I mean. He gets to ride with Charles Dickens. What and happens. she gets to ride with a dead woman. Yeah. Knocked out with, like, was that chloroform, too? Something. Yeah, whatever that classic, like, you mm. put it over people's yeah. nose kind of a thing. That shit was no joke. Yeah. Um... And then they go back to the house, and she wakes up, 
almost gets killed by both of them. The grandmother and the grandson. Yeah. And then the doctor saves her. Although I, I do appreciate that she throws a vase at them. Like, <laughs> respect. Her. Rose is a fighter. She She's going to come out yeah, swinging. She is. And she tells it like it is, too. I appreciate Oh, yeah. When she, oh, dude, when she fucking sasses uh, Mr. Sneed. The, yeah. She is out oh, for Oh, my blood. God, yeah. What does she say to him? It's so great. I feel like I've got it written down somewhere. But, yeah, she just, like, puts this old man in, in his, his place. place yeah and as like no because that's what rose does, does man no fear no yeah she's like mm, but fuck you though yeah and i uh, <laughs> that's one of the reasons i love her so much as yeah. a companion is she just adjusts so well and finds a way to be an empathetic, understanding person, She's even when she so never understands what's going on, yeah. she finds a way to try and care. Yeah. She still cares. Like, in the, the, what was that, not the last episode or the one before, but when that, yeah, yeah the last end episode, of the world, yeah. end of the world, and she's speaking with the plumber and just, mm-hmm. like, empathizes with her, with her entire... Mm-hmm. She does this. experience, and she does that again with Gwyneth. Mm-hmm. Like, and of course, and she'll finds do it again. All the tea, yeah. Like the doctor is talking about like different planes and worlds, and knowledge is more than you can think of. Meanwhile, Rose gets all the down low. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, and she just goes straight to the servant. Yeah, because the servants know everything. Yeah. And that's also, like, she's a young woman, too, you know? Like, she already knows she's not going to relate with the shithead mortician. Yeah. And so she's like, hey, let's let's chat. But it's not, it's not like in a, she doesn't use her, but she knows, like, she's like, let's connect and yeah. share so that she we can She relates both, the most to her. Yeah, so that we can, like, help each other get through this fucking crazy situation where the dead are coming to life mm-hmm. because of some crazy gas aliens. Yeah, fucking crazy Which ass is, gas aliens. Again, here are the aliens like in the collective consciousness, the fucking plastic aliens and like why are they made yep. of plastic? And now these ones are gaseous. They they're don't have all, a physical form. Yeah. But they imply all that some, they like, did element. have later on. I don't know. Yeah. I did love the quote. I think it was another one like they're talking about their the planet time being war. destroyed by the time war. Yeah. But then we'll we'll I'll put a pin in that one okay. because I I wonder if they're liars. That's the thing. Well, they definitely are liars. They're definitely they're liars. They're like the most deceitful assholes that we've seen. So it makes me wonder, like, how like when the how big of liars are they? Plastic but aliens came in. They were like, "We're gonna fuck your shit up," and they didn't like try to make it anything other than that. But these guys are deceitful as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I like when the doctor opens the door to get her out, and she goes, "Who's your friend?" And he says, "Charles Dickens," and she just goes, <laughs> "Okay, all right, love it." Just, Okay. Yeah, cool. Great. All right. How exciting. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of Charles Dickens having that whole, what is my life is everything I ever thought, like I couldn't believe my eyes, yeah. true. That was very much him. He was a massive skeptic of oh. the spiritualism movement. Interesting. Which was in its heyday. Huge. In the 1890s. Yeah. Uh, spiritualism with a capital S. Yeah. In Britain and in America. In Britain and America. Yeah. Really, a lot of the, well, white, but Western world. Right. 
people um, were having like seances in their living room mm-hmm. and like having mummies shipped over from Egypt to have unwrapping parties and like and buying and spirit boards up like things. the fuck like they were fucking monopoly sets. Yeah. Like, yeah. And most I mean so much of it was all fake and tourist oh, traps yeah. and scams and cons. But we get because people were like, "I'm gonna take, like, I'm gonna dive into this and become a fucking palm reader or whatever." I'm gonna make know? so much money off these rich people. Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, because they ate it up. They mm. threw parties around it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, like huge parties. And so, right around the 1890s, it was at its height. There was, I think, roughly what did I read? Eight million people who like said this is my spiritual practice, like yeah. this is what I believe. Yeah. Um, and even Charles Dickens talks about when they join hands to do the seance to try and commune with the aliens. Yeah. Um, Charles Dickens mentions that like it all of this is fucking light tricks yeah. and a squeaky floorboard and a he blames like, the doctor and like for, a like, horn in, like, in between your legs because that's how people. Doing seances yeah. or table reads. That's like, actually what, what they do. Magoria is this? I love And he the blames word. the doctor. He thinks he's like a charlatan. Yeah. 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 So he, Charles Dickens really was a big skeptic. That's so um, interesting because, like, he writes these things, right, but has no belief that they could. I mean, there are straight up ghosts in A Christmas Carol. Yep. And, like, but has no belief that they could actually be real. And I get, I mean, I don't, it's, it's just fantasy. funny to it's see. It's fiction. Yeah. But, yeah, because he writes fiction, so oh. knowing that it's fiction. I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense. You would just think, like, uh, I don't know, that an artist might be more. But it's also, like, like, this isn't that far off from, like, the Enlightenment, you know? Or, like, that that sort of idea carries over where everything is about, like, reason and logic. And, yeah. But, th- but at the same time, this big movement is budding, the, like, spiritualism movement. Yeah, the spiritualism so movement. You see the clash between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, you know, I mean, he saw a lot of quacks. Oh, yeah. A lot of people taken advantage of, <laughs> and it was super fashionable back then. It's also where we get a lot of the modern tropes and stereotypes of things that are, like, quote-unquote, like, occult. Right. I mean, in the 1920s and stuff like that, like, uh, Anton LaVey and, peop- and those sorts of people were all part of the spiritualist movement, mm-hmm. or they credited the spiritualist movement as their inspiration and then they carried it. So like tarot readings as we understand them become the modern popularized a lot more mainstream around this time before it was like just a card game. Right. Um, Well, that's the idea of like that the tarot comes from ancient Egypt. Yeah. Like like, that's all that comes out of that era. That was all made up. Correct. Yeah. Um, and the whole like having the I mean, spirit board and that the ghosts will commune with you and that they know something else specifically about the other side. Yeah. The way like all of our goth horror Victorian like haunted lady ghost. Yeah. Or creepy ass child. All of that comes out of this spiritualist movement that then gets incorporated into film and theater and vibes victorian gothic writers of that time too i mean think about all of them like mary shelley hp lovecraft oh there are tons of them yeah yeah hp lovecraft yeah so they're all pulling from that and And fucking edgar Allan poe oh the best the greatest the greatest and the best (laughs) yeah 
the man yeah, in black himself. Great. And I know that that's originally attributed to Johnny Cash, but it's eh, also, it's yeah. also Poe was first. Edgar the fuck <laughs> Allan Poe. Yeah. Um, so great. I think that the spiritualism movement is at its heyday in like the 1890s because just the fucking 1800s of it all. I blame tuberculosis. I blame tuberculosis. That's fair. And that everyone was just wasting away from pollution and the damp and consumption, which we now know. Industrial revolution and all the guilt that came along with that. It's just the 1800s of it all. And it's pre- Modern, it's like on the cusp of modern science, right? So, like mm-hmm. the unexplained, we didn't have germ theory in interesting ways. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean it makes it makes total fucking sense. Yeah. And also, like you know, the Gilded Age. Like, why should the stories of ghosts and all these? Why should the you know Netherworld, whatever, not be lavish and gilded yeah. and embellished? Also, mm-hmm. so so that was I. I appreciate sort of how kind of steeped the episode just looks and feels Mm -hmm. in the spiritualism movement. It's a really nice, like, hat tip from a historical perspective. Yeah. Of like, oh, well, this, in the world at this time, this really was the most popular fashionable thing to do. But it was. It was fashionable and popular. Like, wondering how many people actually dived into it because... Was the, so I mean, in my opinion, at least, like there is, there are the real aspects of those things out there, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but it, it's you know, just like anything, gets blown out of proportion. Yeah, like they don't look, like, they don't look like this. They, yeah, they like corporatized, of course, because <laughs> all of those things. But. If anyone can make a dollar from it, yeah. Um, I wonder. So I have a question for anybody that knows, um, maybe any of our British listeners. But at one point in his denial and skepticism. Dickens calls the doctor a navvy. What does that mean? Do you know what it means? I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to Google it. I want someone to explain okay. it because it's way more fun. I was going to Google it. so funny. And then I had it written down to ask <laughs> what the fuck does what a navvy mean? What does that mean? Oh, I, I was like, it. Is, that's it like not... a, is it like a charlatan? Or like... Or is it a spoof? Is it like a, um, a play on like naive... Oh, maybe. You know, like, Navi. Oh, like, you're being ridiculous. You're getting played into it. You're letting maybe. yourself be taken. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, if anybody... That makes sense. If anybody knows what that word is... Um, Send it to our email. Please tell us. Yeah, because that's just so fun. I would love to have someone just explain it because it's funnier. Yeah. Um, it's more fun. So but. then... And he's, <laughs> he's like, you're telling me that the real world is actually full of jack-o'-lanterns and specters. <laughs> Yes. And you know what? There should be more. Yeah. There should be more jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. But it's but it's awesome though because he's like the doctor, you know, as Dickens is sort of like after, you know, the adventure is moving forward and he realizes like oh shit's real. Um he's like he he questions like his own reality and he can't he kind of can't believe that he denied these things or whatever, but well, the doctor says, well, you're not wrong. There's just more to learn, which is so great. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not wrong about your ideas on reality or whatever, but there's more there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not like you're not bad for not realizing these things, but there's more to learn. Yeah. I love that explanation. It's. I thought it was a really good one. It's a great quote, especially with 
you know, the doctor is always quick to situate people in what the idea yeah. of quote unquote like air bunnies normal is. Yeah, it's true. And that just because you don't know something doesn't mean it's not real. Right. And that normal is is fluctuating. I don't even like. I don't think that like, word mean. Like average makes sense. What the fuck does normal even mean? I have no you idea. know, we could do the etymology of it, but I don't we, really want to. No. Um, <laughs> and like I've cultural really. relativity. You know, he also he harps on Charles Dickens and on Rose at various points in this episode about like you're just thinking along a different line. Yeah. But just because this world that you don't understand is doing something else, that doesn't, there's no necessary moral weight to that. No. There is when you try and take over an entire species. Right. But at first, like, um... And he's also like, it doesn't make you an asshole for not knowing. Yeah. Either. Yeah. You're not, you're not stupid. Or even for questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Just Um, more to learn. And then, you know, later on when they do the seance and they realize that it's the Gelf. Oh, man. And they're yeah. communicating, and they're like, we need bodies. Yeah, they think that they're ghosts, because why, what else would you think? And even, even like, in our modern, you know, viewpoint, it's like, these are ghosts. Yeah. Or whatever that means. But, of course, oh, it's the Doctor, and so they're They're, they're aliens. aliens. Yeah. They're aliens. <laughs> and, of course, they sound... First, my first thought, when the episode starts, I really like sound effect-wise how they constantly highlight the hissing of the gas lamps. It's, like, at yes. certain points, they do, like, the straight-up shot, which obviously is foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, and it's a very, like, uh, what's that term in theater? Like, Chekhov's gun, where I'm you mention the... Anton Chekhov was a Russian playwright, um, but he popularized the idea that, like, you mention something or show something in the first act, and then it goes off and in the that's... second one. Oh. So you're using it as a foreshadowing, like a plot yeah. device. Yeah. Um, so if it's not directly featured, it has to be indirectly featured and introduced, so it's subconsciously already Becomes there. Part of your, and yeah. then the gun has to go off in act two. Yeah. So, like, you know, they highlight subtly, but every so often, the gas lamps. Yeah. I mean, the first shot with Mr. Steve, he's lighting it. Um, and all of that, and there's all always that. that just low grade hissing, which is also very real because that's exactly that's what a Victorian house would have sounded yeah, like. For real, we were just out here fucking rigging an entire bomb in a home. <laughs> Seriously, I wonder how many times that was a problem. A but, lot, honestly, yeah. it was a very common way of dying. Is that the gas wouldn't be turned off all the way, so oh, it would yeah, leak from out like and being suffocate poisoned by it, not from, or like, blowing up your house, or you'd light something and. Shit. It was a incredibly common way to go. Yeah. Well, good thing they figured out the electricity at some point. Yup. And late, then that tried to kill us too. Late but we, we figured it out. We also initially would wire houses where there was like one outlet that was just hanging down from the ceiling. Sure. And your shit would just get plugged into it. Sure, sure, sure. Because that's <laughs> fine. Because that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Actually, Everything's fine. Our house was built in 1956, and there's some sketchy shit like that. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. like not even what is so long ago. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so where did we leave off? Um. Oh yeah, they do the seance. Yeah, it's the Gelf. Yeah. And of course, that was the second thing I was gonna mention. Was 
of course, they fucking come in and sound like little children. Because, A, that makes them seem vulnerable and safe. And, B, again, playing into that trope of, like, the haunting is a Victorian ghost. Which, in our modern sensibilities, it's like, why is everyone's haunting story a fucking Victorian (laughs) child? There's this meme that I fucking love. It's so funny. It's like... How come all the ghosts are always, like, you know, yeah, Victorian or from the Civil War era or whatever it is? It's like, why is there not, like, a ghost from the 90s that comes into your bedroom at 3 in the morning? And it's like, it's Britney, bitch! I love that one. (laughs) It's like, why is there not? (laughs) Like, you have to be around long enough as a ghost to, like, be able to insert yourself. Yeah. Or it's these, like, massive, you know tragic events that create that sort of like being stuck in this realm thing mm-hmm. but still a 90s ghost that's, that does its britney bitch at the at three in the morning would yeah. be hilarious <laughs> or even like a hipster from 2012 yeah which was i mean that was me they're like you wake up and there's like a mustache tattoo on your finger <laughs> oh there's so many and you're like those. let's let's there's not. old pictures of me on facebook for sure with like the yes yeah just tons With of the them. Mustache. And my, and my I had best the fucking friend and I were like, let's get the real tattoos of all the different ones. And thank God we never actually did that. But yeah. I almost did. Well, and I It wouldn't be the worst thing. You wouldn't be the only one. It wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing that would be the worst thing that I ever had on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, plus everything. Um <laughs> So ghosts. Of course they're a fucking child. Yeah. Of course they come out like a child and so they're like we have to help them yeah and that's when rose is the only voice of reason in the goddamn room is this before gwyneth does her thing this is like before right what thing her archway thing i don't want to her bridge get ahead of this all Uh, yeah but this is before okay yeah this This is is after before they decide to go that route yeah this is after she and rose have their chat in the pantry which is so great like i actually yeah we should talk about that for a minute because she says uh rose asks her if she went to school and gwyneth says of course i went every sunday like every kid you know and admits hating it and she's like it's you know obviously church school whatever sunday school yeah (laughs) um and she's like you know we did all the hymns and sang all the songs and all that stuff um and it, it's just funny. Like, did you ever go to school? Yeah, of course. Because that's what was available mm-hmm. to women during that time was to go yeah. to Sunday school and sing songs. And to poor and kids. Learn things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, poor yeah. kids, you're not you're not getting an education. You're getting one day a week so that you can do some basic math yeah. and read and write a little bit. Right. But Rose does what she has done, like we talked about with the plumber, and she you know, empathizes and wants to, like, learn about her and doesn't see her as whatever, a servant girl, which uh, she does actually use that term to talk about her later, but... Yeah. But it's, I mean, this is when, like, Rose kind of realizes that she is, has the sight, as they call it, and mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Gwyneth talks about... She says it's the strangest thing, like, you have all the good clothes and good breeding or whatever, but you talk like some sort of wild thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so great. But that, like, that's straight up real and it very is. accurate and to... It is. And hilarious. Time though. travel or, like, yeah. how hard it would be to try and relate to someone from the past. Yeah. We would not... 
no. be able you to relate to them. You can wear an outfit, but that doesn't, just so that, you know, people walking down the street aren't like, what the fuck? But yeah. other than that, I mean, yeah, you can't the second pretend to, that's to be, be the same. Yeah. yeah, I mean, other than, like, you know, the, the things that all humans have in common, but, like, having that same life experience is just not going to be there. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, the second um, some 19th century man expects me to avert my eyes, he's going to get another thing coming. Yeah. Because I'm not going to do that. Right. We would get, like, burned as witches. So, <laughs> like, 100%. We would get stoned. That's why I want to go back to before that shit was a problem. <gasps> Good lord. <laughs> I would be um, cast out instantaneously. Yeah. But it's just funny them, like, relating but not relating and, like, Gwyneth being, like, a little put off by Rose's sort of modern... Um, way of, of speaking and, and thinking or whatnot, but. And she hates London in her mind when she can see it. Oh my God. She says, yeah, it's so cool. She says, and she kind of just like goes off as if she's looking elsewhere, you know, her eyes kind of like lays over and she's like looking into Rose's mind and seeing what she sees and talks about the future, just being like full of noise and half naked people running around the streets and metal boxes and, you know, and she sees that Rose has flown further than anyone and the things that she's seen. And then she says, the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf. <sighs> Love it when she introduces that. Also her delivery, terrifying. Yes. Respect. Yeah. No, it's a very, it's a very, oh shit. Um, you know, goosebumps moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the she's shocked. That said. So when she says it, what do you think she's seeing in Rose's mind about the big bad wolf? She's seeing Rose's future somehow because seemingly she sees, well, she has the sight. So they never say like you see the past or whatever. You just see, you just see that's the sight. So yeah. she's seeing the future, what Rose will become. Or like we were talking about this before, is, is Rose eventually called the bad wolf because Gwyneth styles her as such. Mm-hmm. Um, would, I mean, who knows? It's, a, it's because of the TARDIS. You don't know like where these things end and begin and yeah. like, how that happens to the point where I didn't even realize that Rose was the bad wolf. Like I fucking missed something. I thought it was the doctor at first. I'm like, Oh, I get it. And then I was like, no, I didn't fucking get it. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, does she see the, like the void maybe. of time? And then she's like, what the fuck is that? Because the void is awe-inspiring, but not, like, always in a good way. You right. Know? It's it's too much, I mean, it's almost too much to grasp. Isn't that, like, I think there's something else, or it's like way later and the, when the doctor is a little boy and he looks into time. Uh, it's one of the other seasons, I think it's David Tennant, they yeah. talk about when they're when time lords are children and you get initiated, yeah. you have to stare into, what do they call it? The unfettered schism. You have to look into the heart of time, which nobody's ever supposed to do. Yeah. And it made, and then it gives you your identity because it, but according it, to David Tennant's iteration, that's when the doctor becomes the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. But it's also, it's the, the master goes nuts. Yes. His sort of like, Best because nemesis. he, yeah, like okay, yeah, that is what I'm thinking of. It staring into all of space and time him. can fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> shockingly. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, that is just their, their, the interaction between the two of them post or pre-seance is like pretty great. And one of those, like when the face of Bo gets introduced and you don't know it then, but it's like, you becomes one of those great, it's the introduction of a, like an Easter egg that becomes this great thing. And yeah. it's the first time you hear of it. And also Gwyneth, the actress who plays her, whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head right now. Is Please she don't come for well me. Known? Well, she ends up being the main character Gwyn in Torchwood, the spinoff series. Oh shit, which I've never seen, but and I, it's, as much as I love, it's they basically okay, so just well, say like, oh, well, she was related to this person. Oh, fine. At, at some point, yeah. Like, yes, I had an ancestor named Gwyneth, and cool. so that's how they get around having the same actor appear in yeah two different Doctor Who episodes. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, um, interesting. And Torchwood, I like Torchwood. There's a lot of Jack. I know, and that's why and I was Jack's like, man, I character. need to, I need to get on that shit. Yeah. So, but that but shit it's, is. It's dark. not so. Much, I like him, but it's not so much him that I like. It's like I like like the evolution and the story of the face of Bo, and like yeah. just I, I like I like we'll the crazy a, alien thing that looking thing that he becomes. We'll do a bonus <laughs> episode on how and all like the. Like the scenes and like the lines that hint at where his timeline cool is yeah. Um, but Torch, I think Torchwood is a really good show. Yeah, I think it's super fun. I like that it adds to the world of the Doctor. Yeah, it's very dark. Sure. Well, like yeah, just that makes sense. Death, death, death. Yeah, all the time. All the time. But it's science fiction, so we're all like, oh, ha, 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 yeah. Ha, ha. So it's fine. Death light. It's like yeah, death light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, seance. What so happens the seance. after the? What happens after the seance? Um. Well, they're like deciding whether or not to do this, right? Like whether or not uh, Gwyneth should be, and she's like knocked out at this point or something. She like comes to, and is as she's coming to, starting to overhear that they're all discussing whether or not she should do this, and she's like, "Hello." <laughs> Excuse me, do I get a fucking say in this? Or is everyone just going to decide for me? Fuck you guys. Talking about me in the third person. Mm. Um, and she's like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm going to... She's like, I want to help the angels. Yeah. Because that's how they style themselves. They say, pity the gelf. Pity the gelf. Like, we need your help. We're children. And our little baby boy says, we're angels. Yeah, so she sees them as angels. She says, I want to help the angels. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, they... They decide to move forward with that shit. Yeah. And that's when she tells Rose, like, I know you think I'm stupid. She does I've say seen that. you. I've seen, seen how you view me. Head. Yeah. And that's, you know, and Rose that's Rose tries to deny fair, it, but, but also. And it's, I think, it's not so much that she thinks she's stupid as much as maybe more like, um, primitive is like not the word either, but just like naive or yeah. something like oh you're only making this decision because you don't know <clears throat> yeah which is a very real she, reaction yeah. that we often <clears throat> get when we view other people even in the real world yeah like from other cultures or that live in different circumstances yeah. or that have different like social structures or hierarchies yes that's that's ethnocentrism she thinks she just hasn't had that much life experience and she even says she's like you know there's more to experience other than just this fucking mortician asshole. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I think she just, she almost sees her as, like, a, a child. Yeah. Not stupid, but, like, hasn't had the life experience. Yeah, it's very infantilizing. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> and then she has to be like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm a whole like, ass adult. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And she's a very powerful, special person. Yeah. And when Rose is like, well, you can't let them inhabit dead bodies. And the doctor's like, why not? And he yeah. even gets on Rose about like, this is a Fucking different, why. this is a different morality. Yeah. And this is not... Well, everybody's put off by it. Yeah. Dickens and the Mortish, everybody. All like, the humans are. They're yeah. like, oh, fuck no, that's not cool. And it's like, you could save a race of people by letting them use these sort of uh, eventually kind of discarded vessels. They're, they're, they're like, sitting there empty. And we honor our dead, but, you know, like, it's like uh, uh, organ donors. Yeah, you know? which is like... what he says. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Like, but it's different. Again, very, very ethnocentric. Very, yeah. like, the way I have been conditioned to view things is the, the only, only way. way that's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. And that's not true. And I also liked it. You know, that's the number one thing in anthropology is, like, when you're going out into the field, you can never like fully separate you always have to be aware of the social conditioning and like yeah. the prejudices where and the bias and that you doing. carry consciously or subconsciously right um but like you have to put that aside as best you can when you're doing field research because the way other people operate you're not putting moral weight on it that's not your job right your job is to watch what they're doing and maybe try and figure out a why. Or just watch what they're doing and take a note of it. Yeah. You know? Without and your own, like, perception. Yeah. Muddying the waters. You see some... I mean, humans are incredibly diverse people and respond to very diverse things in certain ways. And, yeah. like, when you're a researcher, like, who the fuck are you to say, well, because I wouldn't do that. This is bad. not morally acceptable. Or yeah. I would do that, so that's good. Yeah. You might do something that's absolutely fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, there's stuff in American cultures that other cultures would look at us and go, like, like I cannot believe you? that you would do that. Yeah. Um, the doctor is always so great, though. It just, like, in, in a good way, like, energize, like, letting people know that if that's just your perception you know yeah. for your perspective and that like whose moral compass is it really mm-hmm. and know. that's why he says you could save you know you brought up that point you could save people with something that is being unused yeah so, so you're just gonna put it in the ground and let rot yeah so what's worse yeah and yeah. then we come to find out letting them in is in fact incredibly worse no it's so the, much worse the worst but how idea. Do you know? and that makes me okay so the the doctor is unfamiliar with the Gelf as a race. I, that's what it sounds like. That's so interesting, especially because like they were involved in the Time War, and maybe as like more auxiliary, like affected by it more than involved yeah. in it. I mean, and he does. But... There are later episodes and later seasons where you know when the doctor says like, "Oh, I don't remember that." People mm. are like, well, of course, we were ants in the Time War. Mm. We'd get fucking demolished and you'd never even know. Yeah. And, which is true. Yeah. Like, the casualties of a war that didn't have anything to do with them. Super or super Some people are bitter, understandably. They're super bitter. Their planets get destroyed. Yeah. And they think he should have saved them, but... Mm -hmm. Or does them. the reason he doesn't know about them, is it because they weren't destroyed in the Time War and they're lying? Because oh. they're also trying to ply him. And if they're beings that don't exist on this plane, maybe they know some bullshit that, like, the doctor, even the doctor doesn't yeah. know that they're aware of. So maybe they're... they realize, like, 
oh, well, we'll guilt trip him, too, by mentioning the time war. Oh, yeah. You know, we'll come as children, and also, all our shit got destroyed in this thing that the Doctor feels super guilty about. I feel like, does he even, like, make note of the fact that he's not familiar with them? Like, I feel like the doc that's something the Doctor would do if he's like, this race of people that I don't know who they are. But he never says why I'm the other. And I also feel like, wouldn't he he say... If he weren't familiar, I would I would think he would be like, oh, I don't know this, and that's crazy that I don't know, because he also prides himself on his knowledge and intelligence. He's a complete know-it-all. Yeah. He's a Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> and his ego is massive. Yes. So, but that's what I mean is, like, I find it interesting that if he's not familiar with them, that he wouldn't make a big deal about that. Or maybe, actually, maybe that's the part that makes the most sense, is, like... He would not make a big deal about something that he's ignorant on. I don't know. I kind of feel like if he did know about them, then he would, he would have been absolutely fucking assholes. Not. Yeah, these are the worst. So he can't know about them. But it's just interesting that he doesn't. That gets kind of glossed over. Yeah. But maybe, like I said, maybe that's how he wants it because he doesn't want to make a show of something that he's ignorant about. I don't know. I don't know. Or it was just a convenient plot device. Sure. And that's probably true. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to chalk it up okay. to. That. I don't like chalking things up to that, but. Sometimes you just have to. But it's a show. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Gwyneth decides that she wants to help the Gelf. And at this point, you know, she calls them angels. They don't know that they're fucking assholes. Demons. Demons. Um, and so the Gelf need Gwyneth because she's a medium. And the doctor makes a joke about, I love a happy medium. Because it's punny. <laughs> I lost it at that one. And again, when Rose is like, I can't believe he just she's, said Yeah, that. she's like, are you serious? Like, you just made a dad joke? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Gelf tell them that they need Gwyneth because she's a medium to stand in this archway. She Because she was be born like, and raised in Cardiff. Yeah, she's the, the um, key that can... Cross She's, she creates a doorway, worlds. a portal. Yeah, yeah, for them to enter the this mortal world. And so, yeah, she does it, and she, you know, for like a split second, it's like, oh, the angels are coming through, and then immediately, the white light turns to burning flame of fiery hell death. Yeah, and, and they immediately kill were her. like, oh shit, this is not, this is bad. Yeah, and then they kill her. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, but they, they win. use her bot. Like, that's how but we don't know like, she's even dead right now. We away. don't know yet. She gets, like, stuck in this sort of stasis. And Rose is like, help her. Like, obviously, once the Gelf are like, fuck you, we tricked you. Yeah. Don't pity us because we got your ass. Psych. Yeah, psych. <laughs> Fucking assholes. And then they're like, oh shit, this is bad. And Rose and the doctor think they're going to die. And Rose is like, save her. And the doctor somehow realizes, he's like, I think she was dead from the minute she stepped into that archway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fuck. I think she became That's the fucked. key because they they killed her and then in that liminal state, like, use her yeah. as a tunnel. Fuck. So, and then they get, like, trapped in this room. They think there's no way out. Rose starts freaking out, like, I'm going to die, but how can I die when I haven't even lived? Because this is before her timeline. Wibbly Which wobbly, is interesting. Timey wimey. So it doesn't, yeah. With the doctor, it doesn't matter. And he, he gets even like very apologetic to her, like as if he almost acquiesces to the fact that they might die. And he's like, she says it's not his fault, but he's like, I was there for the fall of Troy and World War Five. He mentions five, not even four. We or three. Do we ever straight learn up, our straight lesson? Straight to five. Though? No. No. We do. Yeah. And he mentions, you know, I'm here for all these things, and so he almost has this little bit of existential crisis, wondering if 
he is the cause of these horrible things or he lets people die. And I mean, even the fact that Gwyneth, this innocent gets sacrificed to save the day and, and save the doctor's mission. Like that's kind of par for the course for him. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of innocent people, Jade die like in the last episode, you know, to help his mission yeah, to save the world, whatever it is. And he's always like, or cause they get stuck in, in, in the storm, loop de- in the loop, yeah. loop, they, and they get pulled in. He's like regretful and thankful of their sacrifice, but I don't feel like he's really ever like sorrowful. You yeah. know, he's like, uh, had to happen. I'm sorry that happened. Thank you for your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And moving on. It's one of and the darker points of his character. He is. And like we said, a perfect hero would be fucking boring. Yeah. So there's a reason that the doctor is, you know, so interesting, but it's one of his, again, and we'll see this again and again, but his more sort of inhuman moments because he's not fucking human. Yeah. More of, you know, like I said, he's regretful, but he's really not sorrowful. It's just like, it is what it is. Yeah. It's more disbelieving too. He's like, I'm going to die in yeah. Cardiff. Yeah. And he does have a moment where he's like, fuck this might just that moment when he apologizes to Rose and she's like, no, it's not your fault. And he's like, is it maybe though? I mean, but it like kind of is though. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, but who, who was saying that they shouldn't do it? It was the doctor, wasn't it? Saying that she shouldn't do it. Who? Uh, like that, that Gwyneth shouldn't do this and bring them over. He was in support of it. Cause there he was, was in, back and he forth. was in support of it. Like, not everybody Rose was, in support was of the it. MVP of the underdog. She was the one who was like, no, you can't fucking make her do this. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then she wanted, Gwyneth wanted to do and it. Gwyneth wanted yeah. to. And the doctor was like, Hey, okay. You don't have to, but like, if you want to, mm-hmm. then that's fine. And then she gets demons bad. from the ninth circle of hell. Yeah. And space hell, space hell, <laughs> space hell. Should that be the title of the episode? Yeah, Probably. Because they are, it's very angels and demons and hell. like historic, you know, and spiritualism. Yeah, and these are they're like I was demons thinking from like hell. Space spooky hell. Christmas. I like that too. Death light. There's so much good stuff. It's a lot like of there's you know Muppet Christmas. There's <laughs> very Muppet who Dickens. Yeah, we can we can uh, we'll figure it still we'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, shocker. Christmas Carol from hell. Dude, the Christmas Carol from fucking hell. That yeah. might The Christmas Carol be. from space hell. I like that. Maybe. I like that. When we're off air, I'll tell you my, some of my other title ideas. Oh, great. Okay. For that's other a, That's episodes. such a fun part. Is uh, titles. Some of them come naturally. Um. Smile through the chaos, which is also very smile, present in this episode. Smile through the like, chaos. so much. And Eccleston especially just has this fucking grin, like... And there's even a point where something terrible is about to happen, and he's like, okay, great, let's do it. Yeah. Like, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yep. And the doctor doesn't even save them in this one. Charles Dickens saves them. He's the one. It's Charles' idea. Charles. Like, we're on a first name and basis. And why shall we not be? Oh, Charles. <laughs> I do say. <laughs> um, He's the one who's like, oh, we're just going to blow this shit up. Yeah. Um, it's true. And so, like, he finally comes turn off to... the flame, like, damp the flame, but leave all the gas on. And, like, thanks, Charles Dickens, yeah. for using the old noodle. Thanks, buddy. And doing what so many people in the 1800s did. 
with blowing their shit up. Gas lamps where you get your <laughs> shit blown up. And that's when they realize that Gwen the doctor realizes that Gwen is dead because she says, No, I'll stay and then she takes out the box of matches in her pocket. That's right. She really is the one yeah. And Rose and is like absolutely not having already sacrificed herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now she has to spend an eternity like using her energy to hold them back Fuck. and like keep it closed. Yeah. That's the shit end of the stick. Yeah. To say the least. That's not an eternity I want to spend. No. And Rose acknowledges, so she does, she calls her servant girl. No one will ever even know, like, what she did, and she saved everyone. Yeah. And that is, that happens all the time. Plenty of times. Yeah. yeah. That happens in real life. Yeah. So much of our history has been people who've done amazing things that get erased, and no one remembers them for mm-hmm. one reason or another. Yeah. Because of their social status or the color of their skin or a family they were born into or a religion they practice or a language they speak yeah. or a gender or, or non-gender that they stole are. stole it all from them. Yep. Like fucking Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> or, um... Just something uh, kind of fucking... Of the times. What's his face? Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah. Who stole a bunch of his shit. He stole a bunch of shit. Thomas Edison. Well, Edison, Edison totally S- fucked over Tesla. Like, yeah. Tesla wanted to have free energy for everyone. Yep. And along with J.P. Morgan, who now, who is, like, the originator of Chase Bank, by the way, mm-hmm. him and Thomas Edison were huge assholes, and they corporatized all that shit when we all could now, if it were Tesla's way, be having free energy. Yes. And much cleaner energy. Renewable, Instead, clean energy. Yeah. Tesla died looking like he just came out of Dachau, like, alone and super penniless and basically starving and, like, yeah. in complete obscurity. And he was a genius. We could have had free electricity yeah. invented by a honey. And Edison murdered he was an elephant. A fox. Was Edison, he? Young, young Tesla. <laughs> I've, never seen, I've only seen that horrible old, like, skeletal like, photo skeletal. of him. Yeah. It's so sad. But also Edison murdered an elephant in public. Yes, he to did. To fucking Topsy. his point. Topsy! To fucking prove his point. And there's a great Bob's Burgers episode about Yes, that. there is. <laughs> Topsy. We watch it all the time. Well, she did trample five people. Yeah, yeah she's so a big fat elephant. Fuck them. <laughs> like, she's just gonna do her thing. And also, yeah. like, circus animals. Like, of course they're gonna trample you. They're being raised yeah. in horrific, horrific, terrible, cruel conditions. Yeah. Yes, they're gonna lash up. They're not the yeah. evil one. No, You're it's the, the evil one. People. Yeah. Anyways, yep. now that we just went on a <laughs> rant now that about we've just saved the world. men from the Gilded Age, <laughs> it the, is it's of the time, the cruelty and inhumane treatment of circuses. Yeah, and people like poor Gwyneth. Oh, poor Gwyneth. Yeah, Gwyneth is Topsy. Is that what we're saying? Gwyneth is Topsy. <laughs> Gwyneth is Topsy. <laughs> Shit. And now she's remembered, but she, you know, wasn't. Yeah. Fucked uh, up, so. But she ends up, you know, Gwyneth, Gwyneth and Charles Dickens save the day. They do. And the Doctor and Rose make it out by the skin of their teeth. Yes. And. And it's, and it's great. It's a, it's a great historic episode. It's, it's really fun. I yeah. love watching this one during Christmas. It's a really good plot. The characters feel very warm. And very real. Yeah. Um, it's got great 
moments. How many times can I say the word great? Great, um, great, great, great. You're great, doing a great, great job at saying the word great. and You're great for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a fun one, though. I remember, like, when I, because we're re-watching all of these as we go through, and I was like, oh, yes, this one. Woohoo! You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And was there any other gleanings? I think we had from this episode. No, I think we had some. Yeah, we got into Topsy. We got into Kermit the fucking Frog. Yeah, we did. Riding a bicycle. (laughs) Riding a bike. I don't think that should be our first Instagram post, but (laughs) maybe our second. It's pretty great. You know when you need to pick me up. Yeah, it's the best. Here's a five second clip of Kermit the Frog riding a bicycle. If you haven't seen it, once you have seen it, then you can just picture that in your mind anytime you need like Mm -hmm. a heartwarming chuckle. Yeah, because that's what it. And it's not just any bike. He's on one of those. It's an old style uh, bicycle. Is it like one of the with the tiny wheel and the big wheel? Yes. Is it like that? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know. That's not the vision in my head, but that makes it even better. Yeah. (laughs) It's spectacular. (sighs) At least I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, now I'm just going to have to watch the Muppets again yeah, to figure probably. that out. Um, well, yeah. I think we I think we got into all the things. I'm pretty sure we did. Cool. Would you like to say where people can follow us? Yes. Um, and also where they can send information on what is a Navi. What is it? <laughs> what? I feel like the second I learn, <laughs> I'm either going to be really happy that I do and it will become absolutely a part of my everyday language yeah. or i will wish that i didn't know mm-hmm. hopefully the first one i'm hoping that too yeah, i would say so. charles dickens said it how bad could it be it can't be that bad you know but he was pretty pissed off now that i say it, yeah he was pretty pissed off he used phantasmagoria and navi in the same sentence Whew. which is fantastic bruh <laughs> um but so you can pretty. send that feedback to two girls and a tardis at gmail.com uh and that is the number two Girls on a Tardis at gmail.com. Tell us what a Navi is. And you can follow us on Instagram, also at Two Girls on a Tardis. And that one is TWO. Yes. Yes. Um, and please, yeah, please follow us and we'll post some stuff. It's going to be great. We it's will. It's going to be Kermit the Frog riding a bike and also things actually related to Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> we will post things. It will be fun. We're still figuring everything out. We've got some ideas in the works. Though. And learning. So be kind, yeah. be patient. And we're having fun. Hopefully yeah. you are too if you listen. Hopefully it's just all fun. That's what we want. Yeah. Again, that's just our mission statement. We just want to hang out and have fun and talk about Dr. Who. And, and that's what we're doing. We're doing the damn thing. And thank you for listening. Thank you very thank much. Thank you for being one of our hopeful 10 stranger listeners. Come on, big <laughs> money. Um, well, how do you want to... How do you want to sign off? Uh, because all I can I wish think we could just of do the TARDIS is, noise. Can you do the TARDIS noise? I cannot. <laughs> I cannot yeah, do I'm, the TARDIS noise. I, I will. I'm, I'll try and find it as an outro. That'd be cool. Someday. We're flying off in the TARDIS. Hopefully. Yeah. That would be amazing. Or we could just ramble on like we are now and yeah. then just fade it out. <laughs> Please, your God, Just a yes. fade out? We could do that. I just think of ending it with, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Be excellent to each other, my dudes. I like that. Because it's Doctor Who. Yeah, and they fly around in the TARDIS. Yes, they do. Cool. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see y'all soon. We're going to post some stuff eventually. And thanks again. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.